So things are looking a little different today, right? Is that okay with y'all? It's okay with me. I, I, I didn't, okay. As, as long as Alan says it's okay, I'm good with that. The rest of y'all, it'd be great if you feel the same way. Um, we did find out fairly late that we were going to do this, and, and, um, and Karen said, can y'all take care of this? Can you speak? And God's been putting something on my heart. I've never prepared a sermon this quickly. So Pat told me that if things go sideways, she's going to come up, and she'll take over and finish up. So if you see her heading this way, you'll probably already know I need her up here, but otherwise. What I wanted to share today is a little different than I've ever shared before. So it's like I was enjoying the worship time down there, and I'm like, God, you know, anything that's going to happen is going to happen because you do it. It doesn't matter. You could have the best guitar player up here, and it's still not going to have the power and the impact unless God's behind it. And I, man, I sensed it today, I'll tell you, Rodney. And God is not done opening up your boundaries big time. It's getting higher and bigger and deeper and all that. Just wanted to share. What I want to share today, what I'm going to talk about is everyone's heard actions speak louder than words, right? And um, I don't know about you, but I've learned it the hard way. Words can be charming. They can be deceitful. They can smooth talk their way where you stop watching for red flags. Am I the only one that's ever dealt with that? Or can you identify with that one? Okay, I, I thought we were in the same boat. Well, what I learned is look for the actions, but even those can be planned and you can prepare in advance. Like, I know she wants to see a rose. So even though I'm going to be rude, I'm going to bring her a rose while I'm doing it. The action, that'll make it okay. Well, I took it another step. And um, it's speaking to my heart too today. Is that reactions speak louder than both. Because they reveal they reveal what's really going on. They reveal um, an unguarded moment. We all know how to behave. Like if this doesn't go well, you're probably going to still keep yourself awake or you probably won't get up and leave. You know, you know, everyone knows how to behave. Henry Cho, behave. We all know how to do that when it's to our benefit because it's not going to look so great if Alan falls asleep and starts snoring and you know, we're all going to look at him like, what in the world? He knows how to keep, keep himself awake because it's to his benefit, as well as when we get home, it would be to his benefit to stay awake. <laughs> but reactions, like I said, are a, an unguarded moment, and I don't know if you've seen The Wizard of Oz. I know I'm older. I'm 63, but if you've seen The Wizard of Oz, you know that peak behind the curtain? Don't look, don't look. That's what reactions are, is a peak behind the curtain. What's really going on? What are we really thinking and feeling? And I'm not always proud of all my uh, reactions. Maybe you are, and maybe, you, you know, I'd love to hear from you. But I think we all have times when we don't really, um, don't want to have that broadcast um, in front of everyone. But what we're going to talk about today is the next step. And it's so, so joyful. I already talked to Rodney, and his eyes went, oh, I needed this. It's not the response which is measured. It's not the reaction. It's the overreaction. 
react, overreactions reveal hurt and pain and false things about ourselves that we believe and cause us to get defensive and protective. Yeah, I'm seeing some nods ahead, so I think it makes sense. Here's an example. You ever see, and I'm not a parent, so I'm treading lightly, but have you ever seen a parent overreact to a child being a child? And the parent acts like a child while the child's being a child? Sometimes all I do is just stop and stare. Or another one is when you're at work, a work situation, and someone's getting it loud and hard. You tend to want to stop and stare, or you want to run for cover so that you're not the one taking the hit. But overreactions make you stop and stare. And what we're going to be addressing today is a challenge. And it's really about not just overreactions, it's what Jesus did. And I'll make a case for it. It's called over-underreactions. They're unexpected. It's not the usual thing. If I, if I tick you off, um, you might have a beautiful reaction to me. But when you over-underreact, what? That's not what she would have done normally. It's unexpected. It's counterintuitive. It, it's not my usual. It doesn't make sense. It's not what would come out naturally. And that's okay because trying to do it on our own, we all know how that turns out. And the other thing, it's remarkable. It still makes you stop and stare, but in a positive way. What's different? Something Something is different about how this person is responding to me. And let's be honest, sometimes we know we deserve the chewing out or we deserve the rolling of the eyes or, you know, fill in the blank. Alan can tell you. I, I, am, I was nervous about sharing this because I am right there with you. And I even asked him last night, I said, so, I said, don't, don't tell me today or tomorrow, but can you think of something that maybe... Um, I do it, that's irritating. And you struggle with your response. And I said, don't, 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 don't tell me. And I'll get into more of this later. But I think, I'm pretty sure he came up with something because his smile kind of creeped. And then it's like, is it okay to smile? So um, y'all can ask him. I don't want to know until at least the pool party because then I can just splash around. But what's happened in a, the remarkable over-under reaction is that we all know they deserved it, and you didn't give it to them. You may be right, and they are wrong, but you choose to not stick them or shove it in their face. That you exhibit grace. And I wonder sometimes if we have ever thought about how the fact that Jesus himself modeled the over-under-reaction. Do we show grace like he did? Do we have confidence in our Father like Jesus did? Do we believe that God is for us? I don't know about y'all, but I've heard this scripture. I've been a Christian a year or two, so I've heard that scripture a lot of times. If God is for us, who can be against us? 
So we can gloss right over it. You know, you can almost rattle it off like when you were younger and, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his own. If God is for us, who can be against us? Well, Paul wrote this in the midst of already having been rejected by people that loved him, but said, mm, you're, you're, we're not comfortable with you. He had been rejected by churches. He had been beaten. He had been imprisoned. He had been bitten by a poisonous snake. And then he writes this. Because he knew that God was for him. He could say it with confidence. Um, I would say life was not easy for him. But he had a deep, tested, mature relationship with God. And maybe that's what that picture was about today. That battle scars... And the wounds are not a bad thing. Because if we act like we don't have battles, we're not fooling the people around us. And we're really not even fooling ourselves. So let's just be honest. He walked with Paul through all those things. And maybe what you're walking through right now is a battle. But will he be there with you? How in the world do you know it? I stand up here tell, to, today thinking about the fact that my, I now have a family. I'm excited, by the way. So I'm calling her my daughter-in-law. Found out she has breast cancer. She's had a double mastectomy. And she ended up with cellulitis and her whole body was infected. She ended up in the hospital again. But what inspired me is this young woman said, God has told me he will be with me through it all. Does she have moments that she gets scared? Oh, you betcha. But God is doing a work in her life and in her family's life right in the middle of that. And I have a husband whose wife died of cancer. Was God with and is he with all these people in the middle of that. Do you ever honestly, and I can tell you, it, most of it's happened before I met y'all. There were times when I said, if, is God for me? It doesn't feel like it right now. I feel alone. I feel kind of forgotten, abandoned, rejected. And I'm honest about this. I felt that even with God. I felt like, did I fall through the cracks? It's just my job to take care of me? I know you love me, but it sure doesn't feel like it right now. And feelings have power. And some of us right in this room or watching online have had those feelings, and you may be right in the middle of the mud right now. And I tell you, so how do we know that he is faithful and that he is for you. This is how you know. Because he graciously gave. God is for us. I did some work on the crucifixion. And the Romans' method was brutal. It was Jesus suffered all the things plus more, and they were all prophesied in Isaiah. So much of it. But he was flogged. They used cords. 
that had either iron balls or pieces of sheep horn on them to beat him. First they stripped him naked, and they beat him, and they beat him more, and they beat him again till it was down to shredded bones, down to his innards even. So our Lord was bleeding out, and he knew it was coming. He knew when they came to the Garden of Gethsemane to get him, he knew what was coming. They brought a small army because they thought he would resist because, you know, that's a reaction that you would expect. But he over-under-reacted, and he was willing to go with them. He was willing to be scourged. He was willing to allow one of the, another thing that I just, ugh, especially when you know people with beards. Part of their uh, routine was to yank out their beard. Not, not shave it, just yank it out. He was beaten so badly that he was not recognizable. And he was willing to do it. He was mocked, he was spit upon. He even had to carry the one part of the cross which is up to 125 pounds, while he's barely alive, going in, he's, he's heading into shock. And he had to walk it down. Then they, they put a robe on him, put a crown of thorns, mocked him some more, and then could you imagine, I'm glad she's asleep because it kills my heart, that they ripped the robe off him right when everything maybe was stopping bleeding. Let's just rip that off, and, and here goes the blood again. I don't know anyone that would do that for me. And he didn't deserve it. He didn't. It was the worst death that they could do. And they spared no opportunity to harm him, to cause him to suffer. And he volunteered. I think the worst part of it, his body suffered. But he took on our sin, the one who knew no sin, so that we could be free. If that's not love, what is? I love you, Alan. But I would never want you to do that for me, and you couldn't. There's a lot of love in this room. But the only one that we can trust to that level is the one who paid the price on the cross. And he gives us scriptures that will help you remember some things. Excuse my snort and his sniffing here. Matthew eleven twenty-eight. 28. He said, come to me, all you are weary and burdened. Does that look like any of y'all? Maybe just a little bit. You can keep that to yourself. And then the next part of it he says is, a little bit farther in, come to me, all you are weary and burdened, and here's the promise, and I will give you rest. I don't think he was talking about that kind of rest. This person is still pushing it hard themselves. Because when we act on our own strength, this is what we end up with. And he says in the next scripture, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. 
for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's something we have to learn. And as we learn, we have to trust. He did not say, everything's going to be a piece of cake. He did say that we were going to have to wear a yoke. And we have a burden. But the burden is light. And guess who's carrying the heaviest part of that yoke and the burden? He will walk with us in it and through it. We can learn from him. We can learn about him. We can walk with him. And that's what makes the burden more light. It is better when we choose to be harnessed with him than when we choose to do it our own. God desires to show us that he is in charge of the final outcome. And this is what happens when we see that. Instead of being completely overwhelmed by the burdens, we now can have our hands raised because of who is in charge of the final outcome. Freedom comes when we acknowledge him as Lord. God will not withhold any good thing from us. He will provide our needs. We can't even control the economy. We cannot control our employers. We can't even completely control our own bodies. I don't know about you. 63 feels different than 23. And some of y'all are dealing with, you might be 23, but you still have an ailment or something that's going on, and you can't even control it. When your bladder says go to the bathroom, you're headed to the bathroom. So you can't even control that. But we act like we can. And you know what? We have a choice. This is where Diane gets real interesting, because I just tell it as it is. We have a choice, and so does everyone on this planet. And I'm going to twist something that Peter said and you'll recognize it, I'm sure, instead of the way Peter said it, if you choose, and if I choose, instead of saying, cast our cares on him, cast your cares on you. You know, I got this. I'll make it happen. I don't need you. I don't trust you. And you can't do it. And you know what? It's true. We can't. We we can't do it, but we can choose to say, I'm going gonna, I'm I'm gonna to cast my cares on me, and let's take it a little farther. Cast your cares on you, because in the end, only you will take care of you. And I know that we've all had those thoughts, and we've been disappointed by people we put our trust in, and they didn't do what they say or they did it in such a way that we had to clean up the mess. But who's in charge of the final outcome? The enemy says it a lot. And I, you can look in scripture. Did God really say? Did he really say don't do this? Did he really say that he would provide all your needs? Well, how's that going right now? I have no money. I have no love. There are people that would love to have a companion. 
to walk through life with. Or maybe you've got that companion and you kind of wish you could toss him back into the sea, you know, the fish in the ocean and, you know. No, I don't feel that way. But in the middle of our circumstances, did God really say? If we stay in our isolated ways, not surrender to the heart of God, the results are sure to come. This I can guarantee. Been through it, been there, done that, hopefully learned a lesson or two on it. But I, I think we'll see. The results. See if you can identify depression, worry, stress. How about depression? You're feeling alone even when you're with others. You feel no freedom or hope. What's the point? These are all results of trying to do it all ourselves, to try and manipulate, try and be control, because that's what happens with our overreactions. If it doesn't go our way, we're going to try and manipulate it so it goes our way. And that is a recipe for disaster. Depression is one of the first ones. Worry. There are a zillion times in Scripture it says don't worry. Okay, so what am I supposed to do about it? How am I ever going to get through this, or is this all I can look forward to? are common things that people will say in the midst of the worry. How about stress? That fight or flight response that just kicks in and anyone that's a medical can tell you the cortisol that goes through your body is, and it's just constant. There's no downtime. There's no rest. But there is an offer and an invitation that was given to us so many years ago, but it's current today. There is no expiration date with this, while we yet live, is to cast all our cares on him because he cares for us. It was a burden we were never, ever designed to carry. So if you look at Romans 8.32, it says, here's, here's one of our little reminders. He said, he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things. And I know God has an eternal perspective that doesn't always, when we're trying to say it doesn't make sense, but he is in charge of the final outcome. The enemy thought he won in the crucifixion. He did not win. Jesus had battle scars and wounds. But who won? And that's what's being offered to us as well. So the interesting thing that I looked at, and the, the term over-under-reacted, I need to make sure I give credit for it, went from Andy Stanley. I loved his messages. And I said, I, I, I want to do my own thing, but I want, to, I want to use that phrase that makes sense. That God over-under-reacted. He over-under-reacted to our sin when we deserved the penalty of death, he offered us a way out. To our broken promises, he could have said, see, look, look, you promised and then you didn't do it perfectly. That's not a gracious God. He said, I already, I got you. I am there. I do not condemn you. I am the promise keeper and the way maker. What about the rejection of his son? He knew it would happen, and he loved us right in the midst of it. 
He over-underreacted with perfect love. He over-underreacted with grace. He over-underreacted to you. And I feel this is so simple, but it's not simple. And it's a proclamation to us. You are greatly loved. I am greatly loved. And maybe we take it for granted sometimes, but I don't think that's what's happening today. That God's saying, you need to store that up and we need to grow in our maturity. And some of those battle scars, when we see how God brings us through it, I just heard a testimony from Susan before that I'm like, oh, this is perfect. In the midst of a hurt body, she's seeing God's provision. Does that make any sense on just a common sense normal level. Nope. I have lots of metal that went in my leg and come out of it twice in four surgeries. Was God in the midst of that with me? He was. And I can see some of the outcomes where he is setting me free in the midst of that. And I am so glad that he promises to walk through every step with us. In 1 Peter 2, 23. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. It's not that when people hurt us that there's not an outcome for them, but we're not in charge of it. We can try, but that we're not the one that judges justly. And we will pay a price if we try to be the judge. In Romans 8, 28. In the middle of all things, God is working. He will bring to pass our good. Here's that scripture. And we know that in, not in spite of, but in the midst of all things, God works for the good of those who love him, I could stop right there, but and who have been called according to his purpose. He called us and he will care for us. Sometimes we need reminders. Sometimes we have doubts. Sometimes we waver. But that's one of the reasons why we need to gather together. We gather together because we need to remind each other. And we need to be reminded. We come to bring. It's not just to come and have a delightful service because, you know, it's a hit or miss sometimes, right? We don't know if if Diane's up here. Let's see. But God's here, so we know he will speak to us. But we come to give, and we come to celebrate together. So why do we gather? We gather to remind each other, to support each other and walk alongside to continue to stand in the truth with each other. And if someone is open enough to tell you what's going on, we love them, we don't condemn, and it's, our, it's God's call to us to remind them of the truth. If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? 
Sometimes we just need to see, say Romans 8.31. So if you'd humor me, we're getting ready to wrap up here. It's a short one today. Could you just say this with me? Just take a big breath. If God is for us, oops, let me go back. Let's go back to us because it's corporate. If God is for us, who can be against us? Okay, y'all, I'm not sure because the speakers are, but are you, can you proclaim this with me? Because when things are down and dirty, you're not going to be just kind of going, if God is for us, who can be against us? There are going to be times we're going to have to be like a warrior that says, oh no, oh no, enemy you say, did God say, let me tell you on your way out, what he said, if God is for us, who can be against us? Let's one more time. If God is for us, who can be against us? Now, maybe you're at your house at home, and we need to say it to ourselves. So let's make it personal. If God is for me, who can stand against me? Who can be against me? It's personal. This battle is personal. And I know it is a battle. But I also know who the victor is. So do y'all. So here's what we're going to do. Humor me and have some fun with it. And I know we're going to practice this probably today. It's called over-underreacting practice. Think of one person right now. Don't say it out loud because that could just cause a whole other issue. Think of one person right now that you want to practice. They do something. Just, oop, sorry if that killed your ears. That just kind of gets you. And it may be as simple for you as you roll your eyes. For me, it's, there's a big breath and it's like, oh, if you would just. Okay. But think of one person. It might be someone you live with. might be a good friend. might be a roommate. Might be a child, even. And think of one thing, though. You can't go with everything. You've got to start small. As Alan says, you bite the nibble, up, start at the tail of the elephant, and eventually it gets bigger. But we're going to practice this at home. And what you do is you say, okay. First of all, it has to be action. You're not criticizing the person. You tell yourself, if God is for me, who can be against me? And you say it as many times as you need to so you can soak it up. Soak it in. And the other one is that God is responsible for the outcome. What they may be doing, now obviously there's a caveat. If they're doing something and they're beating the snot out of you, you don't just say, go ahead, take your best shot. That, that's not what I'm talking about. Just thought I'd better say that. If you're in an unsafe situation, you know, that's a different situation. Come get help, and we'll, we'll do what we can. But if he just doesn't, and this isn't him, if he just doesn't take out the trash, and you've got a hurt foot, and you just need someone to take out the trash, and why can't he, and why can't he just turn off the lights when he gets out of the room, and why can't she, and why can't the kid? You know what it is. So the first thing, you have to breathe. If God is for me, who can be against me? And I have to change it sometimes. God is for me, who can be against me, and he's in charge of the outcome. Say it a few times. And then you say, okay, 
I want to react like you would, Jesus. So what action, what reaction would be remarkable? Unexpected, because you know that the last time they did that, you know what you did. So what would be unexpected, what would be remarkable, and what would be full of grace, the grace of God? And you practice it. I can tell you right now, what's going to happen is they're going to go, what? When one person in a situation of the two, when one person changes, it changes the situation. It can't help. If a marriage is having trouble and one person won't go to counseling and another person will, man, go. Go and get the support. It's the same situation with this. And if we don't do it, we're going to respond with what's normal and natural and our, our, maybe our typical. And then what difference is it between us and those that don't call out to God as our Lord? We don't look any different. It's not what you say, it's what you do. Have you all ever heard the people say, I'd go to church, but it's full of hypocrites? Well, sometimes we need to own that. Because we can talk up a storm of what we believe, but when you uh, peek behind the curtain, what's there? And God does not condemn us. This is just a challenge to say, let's start with those that we're close to. They know your ins and your outs. They know where your belly buttons and freckles are. They know all that. And you find one thing. And then maybe you practice another thing with them. Or you do it with another person. And then the, in the, we take it out into the big bad world. And when your employer decides to tell you something, even if they're right and you're wrong, if God is for, God is for me, who can be against me? God's in charge of the final outcome. God, give me a gracious answer so I, I can speak gently in the midst of this. And you will see a change. What I would say is, if you try this homework assignment, and I'm going to try it, I would love some way. You can post it. I think there's a way to post it on the website. You can send text to people. I would love to hear about because I do believe it's going to be transforming. And I love y'all. But I think it's a challenge to accept. And we will transform our world. But we start in our home. And that's a good thing. God is a God of grace. He loves us deeply. He understands our reactions. But he's calling us to over, underreact. Are you ready for it? Are you ready to become ready for it? Anyone? Kristen's ready. Okay, I see the nod. Look, would you stand with me? Father God, we are so thankful that you over underreacted for us and to us. 
and you are faithful. Your character does not change. You will always be there for us. You will always provide what we need, and you will walk alongside us. You are not ticked at us when we waver, but you desire to have these opportunities to show us your grace. And Father God, as we learn from you and grow in our maturity and depth of our relationship with you, I thank you that you will help us be a light and a gentle grace to those around us because they're watching. They want to know that they're not in it alone too. Thank you for this time that we have together. And we ask that anything that is of you, by the Spirit, you would seal in us. And anything that was just of me, Lord God, it would just go poof. But Father, we thank you and we'll be careful to give you the praise and the glory. Forever and ever, amen. Thank you all for being here. If you have a situation that you'd like some prayer for, we're going to have some people up here that can do that, or you can just grab the people next to you as well, because we can all pray. But we have some coming up here for that. Otherwise, like I said, you're welcome to the pool party. And I just want to thank you for being here. Thank you for... um, I'm just thankful for being able to share this because now I'm accountable to you all too. Just like a diet when you've got a diet buddy. I want to over-under-react, and I think you do too. It's going to be fun to watch it happen. Thanks, y'all. Have a great day.